What's up guys, this is Q. Yo, and welcome to the Pickup Show. Today we're going to continue on from 20 to 16? Yep, 16 of our power rankings. And of course, number 20 is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, key additions for them is Jaron Jackson Jr. with the number one fourth, number fourth pick, Javon Carter with the 32nd pick, Slow Mo Kyle Anderson, Amir Caspi, Garrett Temple, Shelvin Back and Tyler Harvey. Uh, and then during free agency, they lost Tyreek Evans, James Ennis, Ben McLemore, Jarrell Martin, they traded, and uh, Deontay Davis, I believe, was part of a trade as well. Yeah, he's in Sacramento, sadly. <laughs> but expiring contract. Sadly to who? <laughs> sadly to both, honestly, man. I would have wanted to live in Sacramento. No disrespect. Shout out to Sacramento. <laughs> Expiring contracts, you got Marcus Saul, 25.6 player option, Garrett Temple, 8 mil, Jamichael Green, 7.9 mil, Amir Caspi, 2.2, Marshawn Brooks, low key's a sleeper pick, 1.7 million. I'll talk about him more later. Wayne Selden, 1.5 mil, and Dakari Johnson, 1.4 mil. Alright, and then projected starting five, you have Mike Conley at the point, Wayne Selden at the two. Kyle Anderson at the three, Jamichael Green at the four, and Marcus All at the five. And then rounding out the rest of the rotation, we got Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Chandler Parsons, Shelvin Mack, Garrett Temple, Javon Carter, Andrew Harrison, Ivan Rabb, and Omri Caspi. When you look at this team, honestly, I'm looking at him. Honestly, there's a lot of players that are tough nosed players. You look at yeah. Wayne Selden, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Jamichael Green, you know, even Dylan Brooks. I yep. wasn't a big fan of him out of Oregon, but. He's got that um, chip got, on his shoulder that, exactly. you know, as an international player that people don't give him respect and stuff, and it definitely shows on the court in this play. Exactly. So for me, I think for the starting five, I don't see Jamichael Green starting at the power forward. Uh, for me, I think they're going to they're gonna try to give Jaron Jackson as many minutes as he can and get him to play. But um, overall, what do you think about this team? Um. I, I even with Conley and Gasol going back, I just think this team's going to struggle. Yeah. Um, I I believe they're just going to have to. Um, it's going to take them a couple years to rebuild and get back into playoff contention. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. was a good pick at, at where they got him at number four. He was projected top three. Um, so that's a good piece to build on. Um, and they do have Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol signed. Uh, I think believe Mike Conley. He's got like three years left on his deal. Gasol's got a player option, as we mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, after this season. So they're going to have to have those contracts on the books. Both of them are getting up there in age, so they can't really start a full rebuild until you know both those contracts are off and, and they acquire more assets via uh, the draft. So uh, it's just a, a wait-and-see process with this team, I think. To me, personally, I don't like this team at all. Um, I'm going to start it off with Kyle Anderson. I think nine... Four years, 36 mil, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, to me, he's either power <clears throat> forward or a center. I'm sorry, he's not your small forward of the future. And also, so that signing I don't like. Uh, they also still have Chandler Parsons, who's not 
the best player because due to injury honestly because if he never got hurt i think he would be a serviceable player on this team or any team in the nba i'm gonna give him credit because he was a good player before he got hurt mm-hmm. but since he's been hurt it hasn't been the same and honestly they have no guard depth i mean they have marshawn brooks which i think is a bucket getter i was a big fan of his when he was out in brooklyn but um you have him wayne selden i mean garrett temple like you know, the shooting guards don't scare you. Nope, not at all. And, um, yeah, and honestly, franchise direction-wise, I don't know where they're going. Like, I know Marcus Sauls has a player option next year, after this season, but signing Kyle Anderson for four more years, four, four years, is kind of like shooting yourself in the foot yeah. because you also drafted Jaron Jackson Jr., who plays the same role. Yeah, I think I just think they're gonna be kind of stuck in near the bottom for the next two to three years at least, yeah. just because uh, they have those contracts on the books. They don't have a lot of assets. They hired JB Vickerstaff, who in his interim roles with Houston before, you know, wasn't a terrible coach, but I don't think a lot of people were exactly knocking on the door to hire him. Uh-uh. Um, so you know, I don't long I don't know how long he's gonna be in charge of this team. But I definitely do think they're going to struggle the next couple years. Um, and but management somehow, you know, before this uh, was able to build a winner in Memphis, you know, back back when uh, you know Tony Allen was around, Zach Randolph and stuff. So I think given the second chance, maybe they can do it again. Well, uh, you know why, right? A lot of, why what? Why they were built to be winners? Like why they were actually doing good, right? There was someone in there in the front office. Jerry West. Oh yeah. Can't, the logo knows what he's yeah. doing if given the opportunity. I don't know if the Clippers are doing it, but, I mean, the Clippers just need to give him the keys. Anyways, sorry. Going back to Memphis. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that they're going to be uh, just near the bottom of the, the Western Conference for the next couple of years uh, un- until they can kind of get a full rebuild going. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at this point, it's just, if I were them, I would, I would kind of tank, to be honest with you, uh, especially with Gasol and Conley's injury history recently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure both of them might be uh, on the shelf at some point this season. And uh, I think it's once that happens, if it happens, it's just time for them to figure out which of these young guys they have on their roster that they still want to keep. Uh, develop Jaron Jackson Jr. because he's going to mm-hmm. be the franchise cornerstone moving forward unless they're able to get a uh, top pick again. Um, and just you know, kind of shoulder on through this, this tough part. They, I'm looking at the roster. They really don't have young talent. Yeah, like, that's the they, issue, too. They don't have no. anything. Not even, like, a flyer. Like, There's not a lot of guys that have uh, big-time ceilings on yeah. here outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. So even then, and he plays a position where he's not handling the ball. Exactly. So they don't, if Conley's out, you know, that might stunt his development, too, just because they, I mean, backup point guard on his team is Shelvin Mack, who's, you know, he's okay, but he's definitely not... Uh, someone that's going to make anybody significantly better. Or so, Javon Carter. I think that's the, the biggest weakness going going into that. Um, it's just outside of Mike Conley at the guard positions, there's not a lot of guys you can consistently rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne, I have Wayne Selden here as a starter. I think he only started five games last year. Right. They did lose uh, guys that started a big part of last season. Um, so a lot of these new guys are going to have to step into those roles, and I don't know if any of them are really ready to contribute consistently. So uh, if Conley's out for any extended period of time, mm-hmm. I 
definitely think this team's offense is going to suffer. Um, no, I agree with you because Mike Conley, honestly, is like a perennial all-star. But um, I would like to see Javon Carter step up. I know he's a rookie. I was a big fan of his out of West Virginia, and I think I think he will he'll be a serviceable player. You know, for me, their biggest weakness is, um, gosh, is is everything? Can I say everything? Yeah, because they're kind of stuck. Like, yeah. No matter what, they're stuck with Chandler Parsons' contract, stuck with Marcus Saul, stuck with Mike Conley, now stuck with, oh my gosh, stuck with um, what's his name? Slomo, Kyle, Kyle Anderson. Like, their contract situation is terrible, and not having that young talent either, or even like. A high ceiling player, like you said, like it's it's not looking good. Yeah, it's not looking good. Having said that, do you see any strengths with this team, any at all? I mean, at least they got Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's all I can say. You know, I want to see Jaron Jackson Jr. play. I think he's a high high ceiling player, and he's gonna be good. I think the only thing you can say is this team still definitely has some toughness. A lot of these yeah. guys are scrappy players that have had to work really hard to kind of stay in the league or mm-hmm. even get there. Uh, Conley's always got chip on his shoulder, uh, being one of the more underrated point guards in the NBA. Gasol, you know, is a bruiser. Uh, I like the Javon Carter pick as well because I think he's the perfect point guard for that grit and grind yeah. and culture. Uh, being a guy who's uh, had a very workmanlike career at West Virginia, not afraid to get into his opponent's mm-hmm. you know grill on the defensive end. So I'm interested to see what he does this season. Uh, talking about that, any player that you want to watch this season most? Definitely Javon Carter. Um, just a tough nose, four-year West Virginia player. But someone from the Bay Area I want to check out is uh, Ivan Rabb. He had a tough rookie year, and I'm a big fan of his. I want him to succeed. So, especially, I, I got to rep the North sometime. North, what about you? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna name two guys. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the young guy first. I'm going to go Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of talent. I don't know what his ceiling is, but uh, he looked a lot more comfortable shooting threes in the mm-hmm. summer league than he did at Michigan State. Oh, yeah. And we all have seen, you know, the type of range he has. Uh, so I want to I wanna see how they use him. I want to see if he's able to develop uh, some type of a post game, mm-hmm. uh, especially if Marcus Saul's hurt at any point this year. Oh yeah, uh, and I want to see uh, how he impacts the game defensively because uh, he was a great shot blocker at Michigan State, uh, great at distracting guys, uh, you know, from from hitting shots near the rim. So I want to see his defensive versatility. If he's able to switch out on guards on the perimeter and on pick and rolls and stuff. And the other guy I want to watch, uh, you mentioned him earlier, Chandler Parsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like his career has never been the same since Damian Lillard hit that sh- game no, winner on him. No, it, it has uh, not because. When he went to Dallas, he had a good first year, but that's when he started getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And this was a guy before that that's, you know, a 6'10 small forward who could play make, could shoot, mm-hmm. athletic enough to, to kind of bother guys on defensive end. Oh, and yeah. since he's been in Memphis, he hasn't been healthy, and people have kind of written him off. Uh, and, and he's just been kind of a, a, I hate to say it, like a joke beat just because of the size of his contract. So yeah. uh, if he's healthy, I want to see him try to avenge his career and, and see if he can make us all shut up, pretty much. <laughs> no, I feel you. And honestly, best of luck to Chandler Parsons. Big fan of his. I wanted uh, the Clippers to draft him in the second round, but I think we drafted, like, trade Tomskins instead. How's that working out? Terrible. Yeah. Well, at least, 
uh, Chandler Parsons isn't working out so far for the Grizzlies, but at we'll least he's see. still in the league. Yeah, <laughs> but um, over and under thirty four point five wins. I'm taking the under. I believe they won twenty two last year, and mm-hmm. given Mike Conley and Marcus Hall missed a huge part of the season, but even with both of them back, I just don't see any way that this team wins more than thirty four win thirty four games next year, especially with the West. Uh, getting even more talented mm-hmm. with teams we have yet to discuss in our power rankings. Yeah. I, I just don't see any roadmap for them to surpass 34. To me, I'm also going under. Um, just If Mike Conley or Mike Gasol gets hurt again, there's not a lot of offense out there. So I'm really nervous and about that. Even with both of them healthy and with Zach Randolph and the other guys they used to have on this team, the offense was never really a strength for them anyways. So yeah. I definitely think it, it'll suffer when they're gone. What about Detroit Basketball? All right, and now we're going to head over to the D and talk about the Detroit Pistons. So uh, in the draft, they had two second-round picks. They added Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton at 38 and Bruce Brown Jr. at 42 from Miami. Uh, also signed Glenn Robinson III, Zaza Pachulia, and Jose Calderon. Losses, we have uh, James Ennis and Anthony Tolliver, who I believe they're both going to be missed dramatically. <laughs> uh, expiring contracts, uh, got Ish Smith, $6 million. Stanley Johnson uh, will have a qualifying offer starting at $5.3 million. Uh, Glenn Robinson has a team option for next season, $4.3 million. Reggie Bullock, $2.5 mil. Jose Calderon and Zaza Pachulia both have contracts of $2.4 million. And the starting five, we have Reggie Jackson at the point, Reggie Bullock at the two, Stanimal, a.k.a. Stanley Johnson at the three, Blake Griffin at the four, and Andre Drummond at the five. All right, and then rounding out the rest of the rotation and bench, uh, we have Luke Kennard, Ish Smith, Henry Ellenson, Glenn Robinson III, Zaza Pachulia, Kyrie Thomas, Langston Galloway, Bruce Brown Jr., and Jose Calderon. So... Uh, I believe it was two years ago they played the Cavs in the first round and mm-hmm. we saw the promise of this team obviously with very different players on it Yeah, and we thought for sure the year after they would make the playoffs and, they, and it didn't quite happen and then last year people thought maybe they'd get their stuff back together didn't quite happen they made the midseason trade mm-hmm. for Blake Griffin tried to make a playoff push but didn't quite get there finished uh, just below 500 do you think there's any room for improvement this season with I just, this roster. I just want to thank the Detroit Pistons for uh, taking Blake Griffin. Uh, I didn't like that signing as a Clippers fan, so I'm glad someone wanted him. But um, I, I'm looking at these starting five, and there's really no three-point shooting. Reggie Jackson can't shoot a three. Reggie Bullock is probably their best three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Stanley Johnson can't shoot. Blake Griffin can't shoot behind the arc, and Andre Drummond can't shoot behind the arc arc now i know there's videos andre drummond shooting threes or whatever yeah that's cute and on i can make an nba three when no one's guarding me but it's a different story once you actually play the damn game so i'm honestly i'm tired of seeing all these little videos of big guys shooting like it's cute but you're not gonna do it in the game i'm sorry yeah you gotta get reps there um for me i mean obviously the front court's the strength of this team um, so mm-hmm. we get to see a full season of, of Blake and, and Drummond. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if it's going to look that, like uh, DJ and Blake. Uh, 
Drummond's <laughs> very similar to DJ. Uh, unfortunately, they don't quite have a point guard play. Reggie Jackson's a serviceable point guard, but he's not exactly uh, a Chris guy Paul. that's a floor general or Chris Paul. Um, so I, I just I, I think that they'll flirt with the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't quite know if they'll they'll get just there. Uh, but I think they will be fun to watch with, with Blake and, and Andre and then mm-hmm. uh, but they if they're gonna contend for the playoffs they have to get more from the guys they took in the last two drafts and uh, Ellison and Canard because uh, both those guys didn't really give them a lot last year. I am actually I'm not a fan of Henry Ellison but I'm really interested to see Luke Kennard. Um out of Duke I was. I was actually a really big fan of his, especially just as a straight shooter, and he was able to shoot off the dribble. And him and also Kyrie Thomas, I was really high in him uh, during the draft, and he didn't really have the best summer league. So, but I believe he can be a serviceable backup his rookie year. But what I didn't like that they did is they drafted Kyrie Thomas or traded for him. I forgot which one. And then they also have Bruce Brown, who literally plays the same position. Yeah. Which I don't think that was smart in Detroit. And both of them, like you mentioned before, I guess we'll, we'll go right into it. What's the yeah. biggest weakness with this team? Mm-hmm. Uh, you go first. Well, I was going to, you kind of mentioned it before, but shooting wise, uh, I feel like there's not a lot of it on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bullock's probably the best shooter in the starting five, but he's been kind of inconsistent during his career. Right. Kennard, uh, that's supposed to be a strength. Allenson, that's supposed to be their strength. Maybe it'll get better as they get more minutes, but mm-hmm. um, for now, you know, it's unknown. And then even the guys who drafted, Bruce Brown's not known as a shooter. Kyrie yeah. Thomas, he shot well last year, but the sample size is really small. Very small. So uh, with the range being extended at the NBA level, you know, it's it's a uh, wait and see with that. So I definitely think in the modern NBA, not being able to shoot, you know, even not even getting any type of shooting from your big guys as well, uh, mm-hmm. I think might be an issue for this team. And also, just I guess the quality of bench players they got. Like, I'm really looking at it. like Glenn Robinson. Maybe I mean he's a Michigan alum. Hopefully he can resurrect his career. But like you look at like really Zaza Pachulia, Langston Galloway. Yeah. Really Jose? Why'd you get Jose Calderon if you drafted two point guards? And also, and you also have Ish Smith still. Like I don't know. There's a lot of questions yeah. right there. Honestly, like. A lot of people aren't going to be happy on the bench. Yeah, and if Blake gets hurt, as he has with the Clippers the last three mm-hmm. seasons before this, you know, I think that that's a big drop-off from him to whoever else is going to have to fill oh, the spot. Easy. Let me ask you, what's the over and under of uh, games Blake plays? How many did he play last year? Uh, I might have to look at yeah. that right now. Look it up real quick. But if it's off the top of my head, I wouldn't put anything over 55, if I had to guess. That sounds right. What do you think? To me, they'll be lucky if you play 60 games. To me, that's a lot. That is a lot. So he played 58 last year. Uh So it was actually more than the year before. And I'm saying, uh, year before, he played. That's not right. 61. And then he's actually played a lot, but before that, he had 35. Before that, 30. 67. He's never played... He hasn't played 82 games in a season since his rookie year. Has he even Although played he did, 70 games? Uh, last time he played over 70 was 2013 and 14, which is probably his best season as a yeah. as an NBA player. I don't see that going on again. So, yeah. uh, To but, me, if he's not going to play over 60 games. 
He's not going to play over no. 60? Okay. I, I would say that as well. Uh, what do you think is the biggest strength, though, that this team has? I think you said it, um, the bigs. Blake Griffin, as much as I hate his contract, he's a good player. Is he an all-star? I don't think he is. Not any, I don't know anymore. No. He's, he used to be yeah. a shoe-in. But, but now, no, not you know, really. just because of his injury history and mm-hmm. uh, his effectiveness is not as, I guess, strong as it used to be right. when when before the league started embracing this floor spacing. Exactly. Um, you know, but I, I would agree with you. I think uh, just the combo of Griffin and Drummond is going to be tough for for teams that go small right. on a nightly basis, uh, and it'll probably uh, keep Detroit, like I said, flirting with the playoffs all season long. And what helps is Blake already played with a big, like, yeah, like DJ. But I think, I think Drummond is more skilled than DJ, so I think Blake is going to see that and hopefully use it to his advantage. Yeah. he's actually a smart. He's a smart player. Yeah, Blake can handle the ball. Actually, a very underrated passer. I yeah. think people forget that part of his game Definitely. and just see the dunks and athleticism. And, and he can dribble. Yeah. So that's why, honestly, when the Blake, when the Lakers, when the Clippers signed him, I was like, okay, have him as a center, not as a power point, have him as a center, and trade DJ. But um, Detroit got him, and they're going to use him as a four. I would love to see him as a center, as a there's, stretch five center. There's not a lot of playmaking on this team as there is outside mm-hmm. of Reggie Jackson, and we... We all know, like we said that, and that, honestly, that's a question too. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a so, while. So I think that it's a very big possibility they can use him in that role. Mm-hmm. Will they do it? That's a completely different story. We'll see. Uh, player to watch for this team for you? For me, just because I was a big fan of his, Kyrie Thomas. Um, I'm looking at it, and I don't think what sucks is. I mean, why do you draft two guards and you sign Jose Calderon and you still have Ish Smith, like? I want him to get playing time, but I don't think he is. I'm, but for me, it's Kyrie Thomas. What about Kyrie you? Thomas? Uh, mine is Luke Kennard. Uh, the wing positions on this team are there for the They're taking. Trash. So, I, I mean, honestly, I I'm not gonna ever talk bad. Of, I don't want to talk bad about any NBA player, but Reggie Bullock has no business starting on this team. No. on any on NBA any team. team. And he was so, drafted by the Clippers, and I was happy. If with you're that Luke Kennard, you're a top ten pick. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be this great shooter, especially, you know. Was he a top 10 pick? I thought he was, yeah, like he was probably top I think 11, he was, 12. Was he top? He was I drafted. He was eight. Maybe, um. He was drafted before Donovan Mitchell. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I think he was uh, eight. 2017? Yeah. If he was a check, top. We want to be accurate on this yeah, show. I mean, if he was a top 10 pick. Okay, though. he was 12. I don't know why okay. I thought he was eight. Who was eight? Right. Frank Nelikina? Yep. Okay. I don't know why I thought he was eight. But if you're gonna be picked against above a guy like Donovan Mitchell in the lottery, uh, you got to be starting. Um, yeah, you just have to justify that team's faith in you. And like I said, this the wing positions on this team are there for the taking. Obviously, he's probably not a three, but at the two, uh, I want to see him assume that starting role at some point in the season with this play. Uh, and he's not just the guy that shoots at Duke. We saw him, you know, being able to get to the basket, being able to yeah. create for himself and for others a little bit. Uh, this team like needs him. playmaking. It yeah. needs scoring. I want to see him be assertive with this. If he can provide that for them, it adds a completely different dynamic to the mm-hmm. offense. So. No, I totally agree. I was a big fan of him at Duke. He, um, you know, shot off the dribble. He was able to penetrate, get to the basket. I think he was able to dunk on some I think people. he needs that. He had confidence at Duke. There's yeah, no question did. about it. If he's able yeah, to have did. just have that, 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that'll go a long way in improving this game. Uh, over under for this team, thirty-seven and a half wins. We would take the over or under. I don't trust this team's injury history. I'm probably gonna surprise a lot of people. I'm going under. I don't trust Blake Griffin's health. If he plays above seventy games, then they're definitely gonna go over. But I don't see him. I don't see him playing that much. Um, the wings scare me, just because there's no backups and their starters need to improve drastically. Mm -hmm. Like we haven't even talked about Stanley Johnson, and he's up for a for a contract after this season. Like he needs to step up big time. And I honestly, from what I hear about him, character wise, I don't see that happening. Yeah. So I'm gonna go under. I I'm gonna go under as well. They did have 39 last year. So there is, and they have a full season of uh, Blake Griffin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at least they'll ha they won't have to be uh, doing stuff on the fly with the offense right. uh, mid-season like they did last year after the trade. But um, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of parts that fit on this team. Neither and uh, even though the East is more open uh, this year for, like, the, the bottom spots of the playoffs, I just think this team still will struggle. Um and the fit isn't great. So I'm going to go under. I think it'll be slightly under, but I think it'll be under still. All right, then. Well, let's go to uh, Dallas with the number 18 in our power rankings. It's the Dallas Mavericks. Additions, Luka Doncic with the number three pick. Jalen Brunson with the 33rd pick. Ray Spalding, 56th pick. Kostas Antetokounmpo with the 60th pick. And DeAndre Jordan. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you sure this time he's going there? I, Did he I, change his mind? I think he posted on Twitter. He posted on I Twitter? I think he posted on Twitter. I think he's fine with the cowboy hat. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I it hope. wasn't an intervention or anything. I don't know, man. I feel like I've seen this before. I mean, Chris Paul's in Houston now. He could have just drove over. He didn't have to fly over from L.A. He didn't have to cut <laughs> his vacation short or anything. Are you sure? I think I okay. don't know. We'll see. Just making sure, man. Uh, <laughs> losses. They lost Yogi Ferrell, Nerlens Noel, and Jonathan Motley. Mm -hmm. Expiring contracts. All right. We have uh, Harrison Barnes, uh, 25 mil, player option. DeAndre Jordan is actually an unrestricted free agent. Same as Wesley Matthews. Dwight Powell has a 10 million player option. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki will be an unrestricted free agent. Probably his last year, right? I think so. I think he's done, honestly. And um, I'm going to list these guys off. J.J. Brea, Devin Harris, Salah Majee, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Max Cleaver. All unrestricted free agents after this year. All right. Projected starting five. We have Dennis Smith Jr. at point. Wesley Matthews at the other guard. Harrison Barnes at small forward. Dirk, of course, at the power forward. And DeAndre Jordan at the center. Rotation. Luka Doncic, Dwight Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, J.J. Barea, Jalen Brunson, Maximilian Kleber, Kostas Antetokounmpo, Ray Spalding, Salah Majir, and Devin Harris. Wow. Q. Um, a lot of things going on in this uh, this roster. What do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts on this? As a Laker fan... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of reason to dislike Dallas, but uh, I think just because Cuban's personalities rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And, and uh, you know, the time they did win the NBA Finals, they did uh, stop our 3 P quest. So I was looking forward 
I, I enjoyed them struggling a little bit, I'll be honest with you. Uh-huh. And I was looking forward, you know, for Dirk's last year, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for them to kind of still be in this funk. But then Atlanta gifted them Luka, Luka Doncic, who arguably could have went number one in this draft. Mm-hmm. And now they have their next European franchise superstar, potentially, to lead them in the next 20 years of, of this franchise. Uh, so their future got a whole lot brighter. Um, we don't have him in the starting five. I'm sure he's going to be in there at some point. Uh, they finally got DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he's only going to be there for a year because his contract's up, but we'll mm-hmm. see what they work out with him. Uh, but even if they don't work it out with him, they're getting his contract off the books. They're getting Wesley Matthews. That's $40 million right there on top of the other guys uh, right. that you listed. Uh, and Dallas is in Texas, which is a tax-free state. Mm-hmm. It's a consistent NBA franchise with the owner who's not afraid to pay, who's not afraid to support his players and stuff. It's a pretty attractive free agent destination. I think Dallas is in a good spot here, especially if their backcourt in Smith and, and Doncic so a lot of promise this year. Mm-hmm. It might be appealing for free agents moving forward. How many times have we said that and they struck out? Yeah, that's true. But they, that was before they found an heir apparent to, to Dirk. But they were going to play with Dirk. I mean, Dirk's a legend. I'm sorry. If I'm going to be a free agent... I'm going to go where I'm going to have the ball. In Dallas, you're not going to have the ball. It's going to be Dennis Smith and Luka Doncic. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Talking about European basketball, Manu Ginobili just retired. Um, probably another person you don't like because you're a Lakers fan. But uh, both in their primes, who would you rather have? Manu or Dirk? Manu or Dirk? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Dirk. Wow, okay. You would have Manu. You think Manu Ginobili could have led a franchise? I think so. 50 plus wins every year. I really think for, so. If he actually had the chance to, if he didn't have to take a step back and do what's right for the team, because that's what he did, honestly. People sleep on Manu Ginobili. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I think he's underrated. I mean, he took that six man role and he didn't need mm-hmm. to. He definitely could have started. He definitely could have started for any other NBA oh, yeah, team. Easily. Uh, but I just think people kind of underrate Dirk a little bit, too. I mm-hmm. think he's a guy that some people overrate because they right. see his, like, where he's places on the scoring list and Uh they are like why isn't this guy the greatest power forward of all time but you don't talk about like the other stuff Mm -hmm. but then people forget how consistently Dallas has won with him when he's been healthy I don't think they've gone under 50 games when he's been their best player you know except for the last couple years when he's been hurt And, and he hasn't really had a second banana like consistently there when they were really good, like in the mid-2000s, it was Josh Howard who right. had a couple good years. When yeah, he won Jason the title... Terry. Don't, don't sleep on Jason Terry. He was never an <laughs> all-star. He was a six-man, too. Uh, and when they won the title, it was not really a second superstar he had. It was just a lot of really good players. supporting players. Jason Kidd towards mm-hmm. the end of his career. Sean Marion. Tyson Chandler. So Deshaun Stevenson. Deshaun <laughs> Stevenson. Uh, uh-huh. So, I mean, I think... Dirk's probably, just from his resume, the greatest European player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so between him and Manu, I, I have to go with him. Even though Manu mm-hmm. uh, you know, definitely might be the most influential European player ever because of the way he played mm-hmm. with the Euro step and, and how that's uh, influenced a lot of the way these guys play nowadays. To me, I'm going Manu just because as a person, he's great. As a leader, he's great. And he, he's going to do what's best for the team. And honestly, Manu knew he was playing with Tim Duncan. He had a point guard like Tony Parker. Like He did what's best for the team. But honestly, in his prime, though, 
like, I was watching the Lakers versus the Spurs, and I mean, come on, Manu was nasty. I'm sorry. So I, me personally, I'll take Manu. But let's talk about the present. I'll, I'll say this: he's a pain in the ass to deal with, and a pain in the ass to root against when you're watching him. Yeah, by far. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the present. Um, what did you think about the team? Did we already say that? Well, I, I mean, I talked about it a little bit. I think the yeah. future's bright. Mm-hmm. Um, the West is loaded, so I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, but I think that they're going to take a big step forward. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe by next year they'll be a playoff team. Um, like you said, they look a lot better now with Luka than just with Dennis Smith. Um, but I franchise direction, they're... They're swinging for the fences again, and maybe this time they'll probably land someone, but it won't be a top all-star or even a print or even, like, a good player. I think they'll land who they usually land, maybe, like, a Harrison Barnes or, like, some serviceable player. Let me ask you this. Uh Uh-huh. So, let's say DeMarcus, he goes to the Warriors. I don't think... come back till February. Uh Uh-huh. He doesn't average quite what he averaged last year, but he gets, like, 18 and 10. Mm Mm-hmm. Still looks pretty nimble. Mm-hmm. He wins a title, sheds you know his reputation or whatever. You don't think Dallas would throw some money at him, and he'd be kind of tempted to go there. Oh no, they will definitely throw money. And I know his brother was in their G League team, I think, a few years back, or still is. Uh huh. But um, they'll definitely throw money. Is that good for them? Uh, I've already seen Demarcus Cousins play with a lot of young guards, and it really doesn't work out well. Yeah. So I don't think that should be their first option, but that's just me. But I just don't see them getting anyone big. That's Fair enough. Just me. What do you think this team's biggest weakness is? I hate to say this. I hate. I hate to say this because he's a legend. But Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's honestly if. Just Dirk needs to retire because if, if Dirk, let's say if Dirk wasn't on this team, you could easily have, or maybe they will do this. Maybe Rick Collar will have a heart to heart with Dirk and Dirk will be fine with this. You could easily start Dennis Smith, Wesley Matthews, and then have Luca at the three and then Harrison Barnes at the four, yeah. spread it out, and you got DJ in the middle. That's, and defensively, that's a lot easier. So I just feel like Dirk for another year is going to slow down this team again. This is why I said I have, like, some issues with Dallas. Is like, watching him last year, I guess looking at his statistics, he, probably he played okay, bad. but I don't think he has any business coming back, really, to be honest with you. Uh, and I feel like he just came back because he wanted to break Kobe's record for the most seasons on one NBA team at or 21. So maybe? I think just as a sentimental Laker fan, it, it's bothering me a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but he did start 77 games last year. Uh, only played 24 minutes a game. Uh, yeah. How did they do? How did he do? Or No, they... how did they do? They sucked, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> and, and you look at his back. I guess Dwight, Dwight Powell's, you know, can, can be a starter for this team over him. Um, I, th- I still think there's a place for him here. As like a spot up shooter, but uh, I or do think they're going. I manager. do think <laughs> I do think they're gonna have to have, if they're gonna start the season with him as a starter. They're gonna have to wean off of it by the end of the year. To especially if this is his last year, they're gonna have to give these young guys 
You're going to have to go more small, like you said. Mm-hmm. Maybe put Doncic at the three. Matthews and Barnes can play small ball four. We saw Harrison Barnes do it in Golden State yeah. when he was there. And he did it successfully. Yeah. In fact, in so, uh, I agree with you there. I think they're going to have to move on at some point. And to me, just like that, honestly, that lineup is low-key kind of scary for me. Yeah. Because all those guys can shoot, and you got DJ, who's a good rim protector. Like that's you could play four out with just him. Yeah, like yeah, or just have him four out him setting picks, rolling to the rim. It's you have him there at the rim, and any of those guys shooting threes. That's pretty. It's a wrap. Yeah. And so that's why I have Dirk Nowitzki as their weakness. Um, shoot, biggest strength cue. What do you think? Um. I don't know. I like their. I guess, like you said, they can go small. Mm-hmm. So that's the strength. Uh, what we just talked about. Um, I think Doncic is going to be the best playmaker on this team. Oh so yeah. So Smith will need to learn to play off ball mm-hmm. some of the time, uh, and he's got to do it now because in five years he's not going to be able to learn to do it off the ball. We've already seen guys. Guy. Well, I feel like once you. If you don't learn early in your career, you're never going to. So I feel like he needs to do it for his own player development. Yeah. Um, and I think that will just unlock a whole new feature in their offense. Having an athlete like him playing off the ball, rolling to the basket, coming off screens, uh, and attacking um, You know, with a playmaker like Doncic, uh, feeding him. Uh, and then you have explosive wings like Harrison Barnes uh, you know, to go to also. That's, uh, that's a big strength for this team. No, I like what you say, small ball, and de- definitely if you can buy, if you can get Dennis Smith to buy into that playoff ball or be open to like having Luca run it, because yeah. honestly, Luca is not—he's not a selfish player. Like no. he's gonna pass the ball, and that's why, for me personally, I feel like Phoenix should have drafted him at number one. Even though I was kind of hard on him at first, but after seeing his highlights, I was like open to it. But um, yeah, I. Really, for me, the big strength is honestly Luka Doncic. We're gonna see what he can do. I think he's gonna open up a lot for everyone, including DJ. Uh, players to watch: Luka Doncic. <laughs> I think for me, it's simple: Luka Doncic yeah. as well. And I'm interested to see what Jalen Brunson does. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Over and under thirty-four point five Q. What do you think? Can't believe I'm saying this just because the West is loaded, but I think they're gonna get. 35 exactly so i'm gonna go, go over. over yeah just I was, barely i was thinking the same thing i think people are sleeping on this team i'm gonna go over as well Alright, moving on to South Beach. At number 17, we have the Miami Heat. Uh, additions, none. They didn't have a draft pick, didn't make any new signings, so not a lot of roster turnover here. Losses. We're still waiting on Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam to tell us what they're doing. But none either there. Uh, expiring contracts. Uh, this is the last year they have Chris Bosch's contracts off the books. Thank God. At $27 million nearly. Uh there are player options for Goran Dragic and Tyler Johnson at 19 million. I'm sure those both are going to opt in. Uh, Wayne Ellington 
at 6.3 million. Uh, Justice Winslow has a qualifying offer up at 4.7, and Rodney Magruder at 1.5. Projected starting five, you got Jordan Drogic at the point, Dion Waiters at the two, Josh Richardson at the three, James Johnson at the four, and Whiteside at the five. All right, and rounding out the rest of the rotation, uh, Tyler Johnson, Justice Winslow, Kelly Olenek, Bam Adebayo, Wayne Ellington, Derek Jones Jr., and Rodney Magruder. Cute. Let me just ask you: uh, When do you think Eric Spolster is going to move away from Whiteside and put Kelly Olynyk at the five, or even Bam Adebayo at the five? Uh, earlier than people think. If this doesn't work out, uh, I think we saw last year when he's not engaged, how ineffective he is. Mm-hmm. And this team is really deep, and they can go small. Um, and someone like Olenek, who's probably uh, he's better from the outside, just as effective inside, you know, with post moves and such, that can give them a different look. If if they can't rely on Whiteside, you know, they have options there. Even with someone like Bam Adebayo, who's mm-hmm. a similar uh, athlete, um, I don't think he'll hesitate at all. I think they're kind of fed up with him, especially given the amount of money they invested in him. Mm-hmm. For him not to be consistent like that, I think uh, they can move on real quick. And honestly, you can put Kelly Olimic and Bam Adebayo <clears throat> starting at the power forward and center position. That'd be pretty nice. You got Drogic, Waiters, Josh Richardson, stretch forward with Kelly Olimic, and then you got Bam protecting. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So I think people need to realize that that's a possibility that might happen. Because I don't think Hassan, I think Hassan Whiteside's uh, days are numbered. Not only for the league. I mean, not, not only for Miami, but probably the league if he doesn't fix up everything. Yeah, I mean, they're first in payroll, and they, they, I didn't mention this earlier. I, I don't know if there was a team on this list that I was going to mention it for. I think they're the first one, uh, actually. But the summer of 2016, just because you got money doesn't mean you have to spend it all mm-hmm. in one place and stuff. And Miami did that with his contract. They did it with Tyler Johnson. And he's mm-hmm. a good bench player, but $20 million for him. Mm-hmm. This is a bit expensive. I think I might have Diana Taurasi over him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, they're, that's why they're first in payroll, because of these contracts they laid out. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have any draft picks. They didn't lose anybody, but there's not a lot of flexibility because of the amount of money. I guess there's flexibility now this offseason that they have Bosch off uh, the books, and uh, that would really be it. But you kind of see how... Some of these signings in 2016 are hampering these teams. Oh, yeah. Um, so. But to be fair just, to them, at least for me, if uh, if they didn't get stuck playing Philly and they, they actually played Milwaukee, I think they would have been Milwaukee. Yeah. That's true. I mean, uh, I guess they're, playoff, they're one of the lower playoff teams, but mm-hmm. at least you know, I think we can say for certain they're going to be there. Yeah. Um, it's just the ceiling for this team. We don't know how much better it can get because I guess Dragic would, would be their star player, but um, finally made an all-star team last year, right? Or at least right. the year before. So um, they don't have as high a ceiling as other as other teams, and there's not a lot of flexibility until this offseason for what they can do. I, I think the franchise direction is to win now, especially with what they have. But in all honesty, the one person who might move them a level... Is Justice Winslow. If he comes out an improved player, 
they might that might bring Miami to instead of the eighth or seventh, they might move them to six or even five. Yeah. Honestly, so franchise direction for me, they're winning now. Now, yeah. uh, what's the weak, what's the biggest weakness with this team to you? Uh, uh, just like you said, um, the ceiling's not that high with this with this roster. You know what you're getting, so that's why for me personally, I was really high on them. Uh, you guys really weren't, <laughs> but uh, I think they're definitely making the playoffs. Um, and who knows if they bring back D Wade, that would be their closer. Yeah. But um, I'm high on them. I know they'll make the playoffs. I know for a fact they'll make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, for me, that's my weakness. Is just I, if you remember during the playoffs, I thought they had a chance to upset Philly. Yeah. Um, I just think this team can is a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. I just don't. I just don't know who you can count on in crunch time on this roster besides Goran Dragic. Yeah, I guess Josh Richardson's. He's pretty feisty and tenacious but outside of those two everyone else is kind of hit or miss you don't know about Whiteside uh mm-hmm. Dion Waiters if he's healthy maybe he can do it right. but he hasn't been healthy the last two seasons and he's uh always inconsistent uh but everybody else you can't really rely on um so that's my issue with them I uh, respect it's that. just who you they don't have really a go-to guy outside mm-hmm. of Dragic uh what, what do you think is the biggest strength though? uh biggest strength is honestly you know, like we said with the weak, uh, biggest weakness, you know what you're getting with them. That's their strength. Um, you know what you're going to get from, honestly, all these players. And if they got the injury bug yesterday, uh, not yesterday, last season, I know Tyler Johnson got hurt. I know Winslow missed some. Um, who else? Wayne Ellington, Rodney Magruder missed some. Even Josh Richardson missed some. So if they have a healthy season. They're going to surprise people. I think their biggest strength is depth. They have a lot of depth and a lot of guys who can play NBA caliber basketball. I'm with you on the depth. I also think this team uh, is sneaky good defensively. Yep. Uh, Dragic Easily. isn't a great defender, but every other position they have guys that uh, get after it. Mm-hmm. You have Richardson, he gets after it. Winslow, James Johnson, we already know the toughness he brings. Whiteside, once upon a time, was a great shot blocker. He's kind of lost a little bit of that, but Bam Adebayo is a, mm-hmm. an athlete that can switch on the perimeter and stuff. So uh, I think that's part of even Ronnie Magruder. Yeah, I think that's part of what makes this team uh, really hard to beat is just the versatility on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, player to watch for this team next uh, season. Honestly, I haven't even brought up this guy, and I should have brought it up with biggest strength, but um, I'll bring it up here. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. Uh, he's actually someone we probably both miss on this roster, but. Uh, he has a high ceiling. The reason why he uh, didn't pan out is because he didn't play at UNLV. He just went straight to the G League or the NBA, and they drafted him, or he went undrafted. Something he has a he has an interesting uh, uh, path to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But you know this off this summer league, he looked really good. Like he was he was in his bag dribbling wise. He was dunking on people, and he his shot looked good. So. I mean, if he can take a step forward and be like just a serviceable player, and just as Winslow be t- becomes a starter, this team doesn't look bad at all, and that's what I'm hoping for. And I hope it happens. I like yeah. Eric Spolstra. Um, you? I like. I, I guess we should. I should have mentioned it earlier. Also, I'm just dropping in real quick. Biggest strength is the coach. Also, yeah. Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a. I don't know what what the word is. His career ascent from where he was in 2009 when he got hired mm-hmm. after you know being a video guy for so many years to coaching 
you know, the big three and being kind of the, the fall guy if that didn't work out to now he's considered, you know, the main reason why this team still continues to succeed. You oh, know, yeah. he's, he's one of the better coaches in the league, and I don't think people give him enough credit for that. Uh, but the player I'm looking forward to watching is Josh Richardson. Oh, yeah. uh, I think he's improved in each of his uh, years in the league, mm-hmm. and I want to see him take I another agree. step. I want to uh, see him become more of a scorer with this team mm-hmm. uh, because I think Dragic will need help scoring-wise. And uh, like I mentioned with everybody else, there's not really consistency there. He is consistent on all their levels, but if he can take his scoring up a notch, I think that that makes his team even more dangerous. No, I, I completely agree with you, man. I really like this team. That's why, for me, I think I had him, um, for my my own power ranking, I had him as, as high as 12. Like, I was really high on them. And I think, again, hashtag they sleep. Shout out to Pierre Jackson. Um, I think they're, people are going to be surprised by them. Yeah. Over and under, 41.5 wins, Q. They won 44 last year. There's not a lot of changes with this team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over. Uh, I think they win uh, between 42 and 44 games, so I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over, too, and this is actually one that I'll probably... I'd feel more comfortable placing a bet on. Okay. Easily. So now let's go to Washington. At the number 16 of our power rankings, the Wizards, they added Troy Brown Jr. with the 15th pick. Uh, Yusuf Sanin with the number 44 pick. Dwight Howard. Ooh. Austin <laughs> Rivers. Oh, man. Jeff Greed and Thomas Bryant. All right. And losses, they lost Marcin, Marcin Gortat. I wonder how John Wall feels about that. I'm sure he's really depressed about it. I'm sad. Uh, Mike Scott. Uh, returning to the office. Mm-hmm. Not, not the right Mike Scott, but you, you all get the joke. Tim Frazier and Ramon Sessions. Um, expiring contracts. Austin Rivers, Markeith Morris, Jason Smith, Kelly Oubre with a qualifying offer. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Jody Meeks. Jody! Thomas Adaransky and uh, Jeff Green. Uh, projected starting five. Uh, Four of the five guys are here from last year. So John Wall yeah. at the point, Bradley Beal at the two, Otto Porter Jr. at the three, Markeith Morris at the four, and uh, the change comes in Dwight Howard will now be the starting center. The rotation, Kelly Oubre, Thomas Adaransky, Austin Rivers, Jeff Green, Troy Brown Jr., Ian Mahini, Thomas Bryant, Jody Meeks, and Jason Smith. Cute. Um, I'm honestly worried about this team. Um, the past few teams Dwight Howard has been on has uh, under hasn't done the best should have done a lot better underperformed definitely and you add him with also Austin Rivers who's not afraid to talk inside the locker room Uh, I think this might be a disaster I can see why you're concerned you would think that they solved their chemistry issues by getting rid of Gortat, you know, because him and Wall uh-huh. had an icy relationship. And even that, you can't say cured this team's relationships because we don't know about the Beal and Wall relationship. We no. assume it's okay, but that's always been kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, Dwight Howard, adding him here, didn't work out in Charlotte. Brooklyn traded for him, and they didn't even want to try to work it out. Didn't work out in uh, Atlanta, Atlanta before that. Didn't work out in, in Houston. Didn't work out in there. L.A. 
didn't work out in L. Oh, don't remind me. Um, it's just a lot. But that can potentially self-destruct this team. Uh, and like you said, Austin Rivers is now there, and he's not on a franchise that has his dad as like mm-hmm. the head coach and major player here. So what this franchise is going to be willing to deal with from him, we'll see. Um, so this is a make-or-break season for this team, I think. They under... I believe I, I told you earlier, too, that to me, this team is like the the last five years. Mm-hmm. It's like the definition of like an ebb and flow chart. In 2014, they uh, went in the first round, mm-hmm. uh, challenged the Pacers, who were you know the one seed that year. Looked really good in 2015 as well and challenged the one seed. So we expect them to take the leap the next year. They missed the playoffs. And then two years ago... They go seven games with the Celtics. They look like they're ready to improve. And last year, they barely make the playoffs at number eight. I want to say this is a make-or-break season for them. Except that I don't know what they can do in the offseason if it doesn't work out again this year because Wall's under contract, Beal's under contract, Porter's under contract. They would just have to move someone or, or really swing for the fences for another piece uh, You know, when they get rid of some of, the, when some of these contracts come off the books. No, I feel you, and, um, gosh, I don't know. Franchise direction, of course, they're trying to win now, but to me, like, they still have a lot of money next year, and they only have one, two, three, four, five, six guys under contract next year, and they already spend $111 million. So to me, franchise directions win now, but I'm not. To me, this is I'm this is a red flag team for me. I wouldn't touch it. All right, what what do you think is their biggest weakness, though? On top of potential team chemistry issues, unless you know you want to go there. I'm. I mean, besides team chemistry, because I feel like we talked about that a lot. Um. I'm gonna go with their. Gosh, I don't even know what. Honestly, okay, I'm just going to say, honestly, it is their chemistry because I don't know. Because on paper, this team has talent, like, everywhere. So you, they brought in Jeff Green. You know, Austin Brevers is a good guard. You know, Kelly Oubre is a good small forward, power forward. You have Ian Mahini. Thomas Bryant, who I think is going to surprise a lot of people. You know, they have, and their rookie, Troy Brown Jr., they have a lot of, you know, there's talent. I'm really worried about their chemistry. I think you have to go with chemistry also here. Uh, just because Beal and Wall have been pretty consistent as a backcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, health issues aside, they usually produce. Right. Um, but consistency as a team is lacking, and it's always lacking with them. Um, they just need to, to find a way to, to work together consistently. Right. Uh, because they do have talent in the starting five, and they're pretty deep on the bench. They have they a lot of wings that can contribute and uh, just have to find the, the lineups that gel the best and that can uh, you know not get complacent out there on the court yeah just to go off you know their biggest strength is like you said and like I said it's they're deep they're talented you know and there's no there's no secret about that it's just I'm really I'm really worried about the chemistry like I can't can't I will say that I will say this I think uh, their strength is that um, they're able to go small as mm-hmm. well um, 
Ubre doesn't start, but I feel like if they needed to go small, they can move Morris to the five. Porter Ubre could, mm-hmm. could play the four for limited stretches. They also have Jeff Green now. Troy mm-hmm. Brown Jr. is there. So I think there's a lot of versatility with this team um, playing small ball. Oh, yeah. And let's go with players to watch. Who you got? For me, it's going to be Kelly Ubre. Mm-hmm. Um I just think he can, as a six-man, he mm-hmm. can really make a lot of noise this year. Um, I mean, he's I, he's played a lot better than I expected him when he came out of the draft. I didn't see a lot from him at Kansas that yeah. suggested he would be a reliable lottery pick, but he's actually been really surprising. So um, I just want to see him continue to grow um, just as a wing overall. Right. For me, the players to watch is definitely uh, Troy Brown Jr., the rookie out of Oregon. Um, I was a fan of his, and um, I think he could help out. Probably not not the best shooter right now, but just everything else. Playmaking-wise, he has a lot of potential. And another person to me is Thomas Bryant. Uh, to me, I don't see a backup five on this team. I mean, I like Ian Mahini, but Thomas Bryant has definitely shown progress, even as a... Uh, a Lakers rookie last year and even in the G League showed a lot of promise he was stretched out the floor and to me I thought he was a great pickup for uh, the Lakers last year but I mean I understand why they traded him just for roster spot and money I mean they just yeah. got LeBron but <clears throat> you know this this might be this might be someone to watch for yeah uh, over and under 44.5 what do you think that seems about right, but I'm going to go under just because I can't trust this team. Mm-hmm. For me, I am... I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to go over. You're over. Because um, I feel like even if Bradley Beal or John Wall gets hurt, they still have enough talent to keep them afloat. So I'm going to go over on that. Okay. But um, all right, y'all, this is it. Uh, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at uh, the pickup show and follow us on uh, we're on anchor and you know give us a listen on spotify and we'll run it back with you guys next time all right y'all take it easy